Evan Roberts podcast, little instant reaction of Brooklyn Net victory, plus other thoughts around the Nets over the last three or four days. They beat Atlanta. Thank God they beat Atlanta. <laughs> because I got to tell you, after the way they started this season with back-to-back blowouts on national TV, uh, it would have been a very difficult pill to swallow. I don't care if it's December. I don't care if it's only five games and all the cliches in the world. It'd be a tough pill to swallow to lose three straight. And look, we'll see what ends up happening over the course of a 72-game season. The Hawks are good. And I think we kind of expected that coming into the year with a lot of the roster moves they've made over the last year, what they've done during the offseason. They're a deep team. They can certainly score. Uh, they were off to a 3-0 and start. I don't want to get nuts about the 3-0 and start. The Cavs were off to a 3-0 and start. They are likely a lottery team, or I guess with 10 teams technically making the playoffs. Maybe they're not. But Atlanta's a very talented team. We all know how good Trey Young is. I think Cam Reddish is going to have a huge year this year. I, I've always had a man crush on John Collins, and it's probably because of performances like this game. He kills the Nets. I mean, crushes the Brooklyn Nets. So maybe it's this bias of every time I see John Collins, he goes for 30 and 10. Look, this wasn't perfect. One of the things that was so much fun about the first two games of the year, besides the obvious stuff, you know, watching Durant, watching Irving, uh, not really being stressed out over the last five or ten minutes of a game because both games were blowouts. But truthfully, one of the great things about the first two games is how great their defense had played. And it was almost stunning. You know, it was almost like, geez, I mean, defensively, this team has been so locked in. That hasn't been the case the last three games. And let's be honest, it wasn't the case tonight. I mean, my God. And it's not just simply they gave up 141 points. It's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as Atlanta shot 40% from three, though those are fine examples to use. It's the easy baskets that they got in this game and some of the easy looks they got in this game. Even late in the game, the Nets had a three-point lead. I think it was with about a minute and a half to go. And DeAndre Hunter, who did not have the greatest shooting game in the world, had a wide-open corner three. And he missed it. Great. Kevin Durant. I I think that may have been Kevin Durant's 10th rebound of the game. DeAndre Hunter had an open look. You know, it's not as if the net defense did anything to force a stop there. And how many times did John Collins get to the basket whenever he wanted? And look, the other issue that this team has faced, and it certainly continued tonight, and there's no doubt about it, is they're getting their asses kicked on the offensive glass. It's happening every night. I mean, you cannot give these teams, especially when you're not defending on a consistent basis, which they didn't do in this game against Atlanta, you can't give your opponents a million extra opportunities. Now, here's a couple of good things. I mean, I guess one of the really good things is that you saw tonight the beauty of having superstar players. And here's the thing about Kyrie Irving. Now, you could sit here all day and say, I don't like Kyrie Irving. Uh, he thinks the earth is flat. He didn't want to talk to the media. He's not likable. You could say all of that about Kyrie Irving, and honestly, who cares? When he is healthy, and I've never denied this, when he is healthy, he is a star player. And this game tonight is a great example of it. He got off to an abysmal start. I think he missed his first seven or eight threes. He was awful in this game. But usually, even on nights like that, the star player will step up late. 
And Kyrie Irving was outstanding in the fourth quarter of this game. There were a few no, 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 yes, yes, yes kind of shots. No doubt about it. But Kyrie had that confidence, and he had it going late in this game. And he was the closer in this game. As great as Kevin Durant is, was, and he was tremendous in this game. Almost had a triple-double. Dominated at points in this game. Had a few of those, you can't defend that kind of moments. Kyrie Irving closed this game out. He did. And that's just the reality of it. He closed this game out. And so you saw Durant and Irving at points in the second half of this game kind of take turns as a superstar player. The bench deserves a lot of credit. And I'll give you one guy who you're almost going to forget about because it felt like it was an hour and a half ago, and it was, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, probably more than that. Torian Prince. Torian Prince didn't miss a shot today. Landry Shamit didn't miss a shot today. Now, both guys didn't play big minutes. They played about 16, 17, 18 minutes. But both of those guys, especially in the first half, I don't have the breakdown of when they scored. It was mostly in the first half of this game. They made up for the fact that Durant and Irving were quiet in the first half, specifically Kyrie. So Shamit played well. Jeff Green hit a couple of shots. Torian Prince. Lavert is not shooting the basketball very well. I can't say Lavert's playing terribly because that would minimize his defense and that would minimize his playmaking ability, which he's done fine. His shooting has just been way off. But Shamit and Prince specifically kept the Nets in this game. The way Durant and Irving were playing in the first half, this team could have been down by double digits. They weren't. They were always in the game. They were trailing for the most part, and it did feel like one of those basketball games where you're down three, you're down four, you're down five. Ooh, you get it to one. Now you're down four or five again instantly. And they were able to break through in the fourth quarter, but Shamit and Prince specifically played really well off the bench. Here, though, may be the best thing about this victory over Atlanta. And it's something that's been bubbling for a while. And it's something that has annoyed me over the early part of this season, but I can't be annoyed right now. And that is the fact that Jared Allen is a far superior player to DeAndre Jordan. Okay? Is that a, is that a crazy opinion? No, it's a fact. I mean, open your eyes. Watch the basketball, which I'm sure every Net fan is. I don't think there's any Net fan right now screaming at the podcast, you're wrong. You're disrespecting DeAndre. No, Jared Allen, who really developed in the bubble, has picked up where he left off to start this season. And the problem was, up until tonight, where things changed, DeAndre was still getting the bulk of the minutes. Forget about who starts. I'm telling you, that does not tick me off. I'm never even, I'm not going to bring it up. I don't care who starts. Because a starter can play five or six minutes and then never see the floor again. It's about who closes. And as the fourth quarter was moving on, I was screaming at the TV, get the Andre Jordan's ass off the floor. I think I even tweeted it. And at about the eight-minute mark, maybe, maybe later than that, the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter, Steve Nash went to Jared Allen, and Jared Allen closed. Because Jared Allen deserved to close. Because Jared Allen right now is a better player than DeAndre Jordan. Who starts in the NBA is not literally your five best players. It doesn't have to be. Like, I think we've all come around, despite some of the issues Levert's had, that Karras off the bench is ideal. Even with Spencer Dinwiddie injured, which I'm going to get to a little bit. There's a few other things besides this game I do want to discuss, including TV ratings between the Knicks and the Nets. I do want to get to that. And maintenance stays. That's all coming up on this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. 
But Levert off the bench makes sense. Now, I'm not telling you that Allen off the bench makes sense. I mean, in an ideal world, if we're making the lineup, sure, Jared Allen's starting. I'm only saying it's just not that big of a deal. If, for whatever reason, as a guy who's been in the NBA for a million years, they think, and by they, it's probably Durant Kyrie, think that DeAndre Jordan should start, then he can start. But it's about who closes games. Jared Allen closed this game against Atlanta. And that was what was most important. It was a nice victory. I mean, like I said at the top, there were things that frustrated me. I'm sure there were things that frustrated you that they've got to get better at. But early in the season, you're certainly not looking at the finished product. What you want early in the season, I'll be blunt, is just find a way to win games. Because none of us want to see this team at 2-3. and three. None of us want to sit through 8-7. and seven. Because here's the truth. I always want to be honest. None of us want to deal with getting texted from our friends who are Nick fans comparing our records. We don't want that. We don't want there to be any kind of comparison, okay? <laughs> we don't want that. So this product you're watching right now, these rotations you're watching right now, uh, it may not necessarily be what we're looking at in May, and that's fine. But you want to win games. So despite all the issues against Atlanta on this, what is today, Wednesday night that I'm recording this? The game was on Wednesday night. You just want to find a way to win. And I'm glad they did. Now, speaking of which, I am in favor of maintenance days. This is not a new opinion. This is not something I developed because I'm a net fan and I have Kevin Durant on my team. No, I've always felt this way. And I certainly don't expect everybody to know my opinions on everything because as much as it, I'd love it, I don't think you listen to Carton and I or Joe and I or myself on Saturday at every second of every day. So you may not know my opinions on certain things. I have always had a strong opinion that if you're the Toronto Raptors or you're the L.A. Lakers or you're the L.A. Clippers, your job is to win an NBA championship. That's your job. It's not about marketing your team. It's not about selling tickets. It's not about making people on the radio happy or TV happy. It's about winning an NBA championship. Is it unfortunate that you bought tickets to a game expecting to see Kawhi Leonard and he's not playing? Of course it's unfortunate. I say this as a season ticket holder. I say this as somebody that goes to a lot of sporting events. I get it. I grew up with Mike Piazza not playing day games after night games. I know it's not ideal. But the job of a head coach, and certainly my view as a fan, is what puts me in the best position to win a championship. So if we're debating maintenance days based on, I don't think this helps you win a championship, let's have the debate. I have no problem with it. But if you're coming from the angle of, it's not fair to the TV ratings, or it's not fair to attendance, then we're just so far apart on our discussion. Because I'm admitting to you, that's not phasing me. What's phasing me is what gives me the best chance to win. Okay? With that said, of course Kevin Durant should have maintenance days. The guy had an Achilles injury. This would have been the Memphis game the other night. His fourth game back, and he's going to play a back-to-back after a, a game against Charlotte, which that, that game annoyed me more than anything. Losing that game annoyed me more than anything. Um, but, but whatever, that's not even the point here. Durant should not play on a back-to-back with it being his fourth game of the season. Is that even debatable? I mean, is that really something we're arguing about? And if you bring up the amount of money he makes, it doesn't matter how much money he makes. Again, you're making a decision based on what gives you the best chance to win a championship. Kyrie is different. 
because I understand, well, Kyrie isn't coming off Achilles injury. He's coming off a shoulder injury. He does get injured every single season. I'm okay with Kyrie getting maintenance days for those reasons. Now, like I said earlier, I want to win games. Ideally, maintenancing them on the same exact day will hurt your chances of winning that particular basketball game. That's obvious. The positive to maintenancing them on the same day is you're maximizing the amount of times they're on the floor together. Now, up until this game against Atlanta, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have been on the floor at the exact same time this entire season. I think with the exception of eight seconds. Something ridiculous. And I noticed it. I think we all noticed it. And before I form a strong opinion on things, I think of, well, why is this happening? And so my theory has been, based on something I just said, you're maximizing the amount of time both guys are on the floor. And you're maximizing their experience together. Because when you get to May, you want Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing as many minutes together as possible. Because last year, we watched the LA Clippers have no chemistry come playoff time. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard flat out didn't play enough together. I'm not saying that was the only issue the Clippers had. But if you watch the LA Clippers last year at any point, and I don't watch them every game, I would check in on nationally televised games like most of us. They did not have great chemistry. Well, why? It's a fair question. I'm just asking it. Over the course of games, should it be 100% exclusive? No, because that hurts your chances at winning basketball games. I mean, think about it. If you have two true superstars, and when they're both healthy, they're true superstars, you want to have times over a 48-minute game where at least one of them's on the floor. So I get trying to maximize the amount of time they spend together on the floor, but you also want to look at each individual night and try to win. You have to balance trying to win every single night or winning most nights with, okay, how does this best get me ready for the games that truly matter in the postseason? I like what I saw tonight. Durant and Irving both played 34 minutes. They played most of their minutes together, but there were times in which only one of them was on the floor. That's okay. The maintenance day thing, I've thought about it. And again, I want to maximize the amount of times they play together. I would prefer to split up when they're going to have their maintenance days. Now, I don't know what the number is. I don't know, you know, barring injury, obviously, if it's exclusive to -to back-to-backs. I'm not sure. I don't even know if Steve Nash knows. If there's going to be days where it is a back-to-back, both played huge minutes. Again, you do have to take care of Kyrie Irving because the guy's always hurt. I'm not not saying this like he's a delicate flower, but he kind of is. He's always hurt. We all know that. So you don't just get pissed off about it and say he's always hurt. No, you try to avoid him getting hurt again. So there are going to be maintenance days. I would try to not make it exclusive that if Durant has a maintenance day, they both take it on the same day. Because you saw it in the Memphis game, even with Ja getting hurt. Look, I love Levert. We love Harris. TLC stepped up. We all had fun in the bubble. The bubble was eight games. It was also in a bubble. It's going to be very difficult to expect the Nets, especially against better competition, to win on any kind of consistent basis when both of those guys aren't out there. But I want to make it clear. Because I believe it, I believed it before the Nets had stars, and I certainly believe it now. It is all about winning an NBA championship. That's why you maintenance guys. Now, I got ticked off about four years ago. 
maybe longer than that now, when, it, when Sean Marks took over, their first year of the Marks-Atkinson era, do you recall the last regular season game the Nets played in their first year? Brooke Lopez didn't play. And I was ticked off about it. I was like, what the hell is this? What are they saving them for? The season's over. Things like that bothered me. They were going nowhere. It was the last game of the season. But there is a bigger goal here. All of us know it. The goal is to win an NBA championship. And maintenance days are going to be a part of it. I'm not saying it's exact. I'm not saying it's a 100% fact that it works. But after what we saw with Kawhi a couple of years ago with the Toronto Raptors and the fact that you've got two superstars, one coming off an Achilles injury, the other guy hurt every single season. Yeah, you got to be smart about things. So this will be an argument all year long. I'm sure Craig will poke me every other week and I will stay firm like I've always stayed when it didn't involve my team. It's about winning a championship. Speaking of which, let me get to this ratings crap. From the Yes Network. Look, I get it. There is this natural dislike for the Knicks. I have it, okay? And there's this natural, hey, pay attention to us. We have two stars. We have a chance to win a championship. Uh, The Nets are popular. This is a New York Knicks town. Okay, there are more Nick fans than there are Net fans by a lot. There are more uh, the disparity between Nick fans to Net fans is much greater, much greater than Yankees to Mets, than Giants to Jets and even Rangers to Islanders. I've accepted that. Does it piss me off? I mean, I'm used to it. Well, the, the thing that would piss me off is being at the Izod Center, being in Newark, being in Brooklyn to a lesser extent, and hearing Nick fans. Of course, that's that's natural. You don't like it. You don't prefer it. But what we can't do right now is take too much time focusing on, hey, what are the TV ratings? Hey, what back page did we get? I mean, honestly, do you really care? You know, I know that after the Nets beat the Celtics on Christmas, The New York Post had Obi Toppin's mom on the back page. And the only reason I knew and the only reason it mattered to me at all for about five seconds was because it was texted to me by a Nick fan. And I get it. And this has been going on since media day, since training camp. Remember that whole thing about look at the amount of views of Kevin Durant's video. Now look at the amount of views of Austin Rivers video. And it's petty and it's stupid and it's irrelevant. And I'm going to make you a promise. Okay, and this is for Nick fans, too, if you're listening. And maybe this will annoy some of my fellow Nets fans. I don't really care because I'm being honest with you. I am not going to sit here and compare popularity points between the Nets and the Knicks. It's pointless. It really is. Now, I'm not going to tell Nick fan what to do. I get it. The Knicks are off to a decent start, by the way. And I think a Nick fan should be happy about that. It looks like they actually have a competent head coach and they're playing modern NBA basketball. And that's great. And look, maybe you'll turn Julius Randle into a first round pick. Maybe you'll turn Alec Burks into two second round picks. I don't know, but you should be happy with the, the start they're off to. I'm not being sarcastic. I mean it. Now, it'd be nice if Obi Toppin can get healthy. If Emmanuel quickly can get healthy and you can get your kids on the floor and watch them play. But if a Nick fan wants to sit there and go after their friend who's a net fan 
by saying no one cares about the Nets. They could do it all day. That's fine. I've heard that my entire life. Like that doesn't bother me. When people tweet at me, no one cares about the Nets. I don't care. That's fine. I don't care about you not caring. <laughs> it's old. I've heard it before. But I'm not going to lecture a Nick fan to tell me they shouldn't say that because let's be honest, I'm not trying to be arrogant. We as Net fans have a lot more going for us right now than the Nick fan does. We're competing, hopefully, for an NBA championship. So if the Nick fan wants to attack you or attack me by saying no one cares and counting back pages and looking at TV ratings, that's completely fine. But right now, my focus as a fan is winning a championship and I don't care how many people are at the parade I don't you think that's gonna bother me let's assume vaccines out everybody's having fun we're going to arenas we're going to bars we're going nuts the Nets win an NBA title and we're at the parade we're all drinking we're all having a good time and we get home that night and uh Nick fan 732 tweets at you there was only a hundred thousand people at the parade is that gonna bother you I don't care. Now, if you're the Yes Network, do you come across foolish by tweeting out one day's TV ratings between the Nets and the Knicks? 100%. It looks dumb. You know when the Yes Network can do it? And even then, I don't care, but they can do it at the end of the season. Oh, you know what? I'll even be halfway through the season. When you are halfway through the season, if you want to say, hey, look, Believe it or not, for the first time ever, the Brooklyn Nets have more people watching them than the New York Knicks. If that even turns out to be the case, which it may not be, then fine, do it. To do it after one day is ridiculous, and it's embarrassing. And what sucks is a guy like me, and maybe you listening if you're a Net fan, you almost feel compelled that you have to defend it by saying, well, I don't want to defend it. I don't want to sit here defending yes or really the Nets. I don't even think that came from Yes. I know Yes tweeted it. I don't even know if it's Yes's fault. It's probably the Nets' fault because they have an inferiority complex. And look, we all do. We get it. The Knicks are more popular than the Nets. I know. I've lived it my entire freaking life. And this may be the first year where when I say I don't care about it, I really, really, really mean I don't care about it. I don't care about back pages. I don't even care how much time we spend talking about it on the fan. I just want to win an NBA championship. And if I don't feel we talk about it enough on the